Well, hey everyone, it's Jeff DeVerter, Chief Technology Evangelist for us here at Rackspace Technology. Now, back at the beginning of June, 2022, I had the opportunity to go and present to a group of business leaders, a bunch of CIOs, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, joining me on that stage were a few other companies, and one of them was App Dynamics. And the individual who you're about to hear from is Keith Lawrence. Now, Keith, from AppDynamics is their executive CTO for Americas. And Keith is gonna spend about 20 minutes taking you through all sorts of great information for helping you understand, wait for it, full stack observability. So he's gonna talk about the, the foundation observability, uh, he's gonna take you through the monitoring maturity model, and then a day in the life of observability and what it means to take and connect monitoring, or in our case, full stack observability, and tie those directly to business KPIs and business metrics. That's really the key of what's happening these days in monitoring. It's not just making sure your app is alive, it's understanding how that application connects to and influences your key business metrics. All right, so stick around, enjoy the video uh, or the audio, depending on where you're watching this. And if you're watching it on or listening on the audio, hey, go over to Rackspace's YouTube channel and maybe just watch a bit there because this stage we were on at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was amazing. All right, so check this out. Keith Lawrence, Executive CTO for Americas for App Dynamics, And I'll see you after Keith's presentation. So I guess I'm between you and break, huh? All righty. So again, yeah, um, love the opportunity to talk to anyone about uh, full stack observability. Again, real quick, a little bit about me because I really want you to know why I'm, why I'm even here, right? So I think I told you already, I worked for Allstate Insurance. I was there for 20 plus years. Um, what I didn't share with you guys was the role that I had. I did an industry analysis in 2012 where uh, we were looking at how do we revamp the Allstate Enterprise Command Center. So I, I was asked to go out and do an analysis between Wells Fargo Bank, JP Morgan Chase, Barclays Bank, Citibank, IBM, Verizon, AT&T, and did all that and came back with a proposal for our board of directors. And they loved what they heard from a recommendation. They said, okay, Keith, go build it. So I got to find, and they didn't give me any money. That was really interesting. And so I had to find out a way to find money through savings so that we could uh, self-invest in this new direction we were going as an organization. I share that for one big reason. We created a group called Operations Enablement. And within that group, I had the, the key, I call them my fun bunch. I thought they were the best developers at Allstate. And what they did was they bridged gaps of what vended solutions did not provide. I'll repeat that. All right. They bridged gaps of what vended solutions did not provide. Then I was asked to do an APM analysis, and that's when I met the AppDynamics team. And what I saw was a solution that was way ahead of the game. And it's what made me leave the organization um, in a graceful way. I didn't leave abruptly, uh, in a graceful way. And I've been with them for like five years. And then in the process of doing that, I found out there are some things I wish they would have told me that they didn't. And now you'll get to see how it all comes together. Fair enough? So I get to visit a lot of different customers, uh, many. Some of them I'm going to show you what they're doing with our solution today, and then we'll go from there, okay? So let's see if this thing's going to work now. Oh, usually when you turn it on, it helps. 
All right, so these are gonna be the four things I'm gonna hit on. Um, observability foundation, a monitoring maturity model, a day in the life with observability, and then um, where we're going um, with our new platform. So first things first, I call this the simplest way of a 30 to 45 second overview of how you tell your CIO, CTO of what FSO is. At the end of the day, what you're trying to do is standardize, right, your enterprise monitoring strategy and how do you standardize it? You do that through centralizing all your alerts through a common framework so that you can do what? Simplify. And when I say simplify root cause analysis, I'm not just talking about infrastructure, I'm talking about development as well. It's in both spaces. That's what everybody in the industry is doing. That's if you go what Gartner's doing, that's what the quadrants say. When I bring up bullet number four, we're the only ones who can do it. I thought it was interesting that, that Jeff brought up business context. You have to have business context. And so how do you do that? And we believe you have to be able to correlate that while you're monitoring your environment. So that you could do what? Have full observability regardless of location of what our customers are actually doing. So how do you do that? Let's get to what the actual results are. Right? Everybody goes, oh, wow, you're going to show us the results right away? Yeah. At the end of the day, what you're trying to do is improve customer satisfaction. That, that is ultimately what full stack is all about. You have to improve customer satisfaction and at the same time be able to lower your costs. When I say lower costs, this isn't an effort to try to rid, get rid of resources. It's more about how do I self-invest with other solutions that I'm trying to drive from a priority perspective that I can self-fund. There's not a CIO, VP person I've met who doesn't like teams who can self-fund initiatives. And you do that by making yourself more optimal in what the role is that you have. And so you, at the same time, they tell you, and you better accelerate innovation. Agile, DevOps, DevSecOps now is the new, the new hot item, I think, right? All those things have to be happening. And then as you move from this legacy environment that Jeff was talking about into the cloud, don't create additional administrative overhead, please. Right? And you do all that so that you can maximize your digital business revenue. You guys should be familiar with this when you start hearing full state. This is what everybody is solving for. Verticals. I have all the monitoring solutions I need for every vertical there is to the, make, to the point where my CIO's head would rotate on its axis of how many doggone different monitoring solutions they have that still cannot solve for root cause. Because I have to look at all of them. And so this is just a quick little uh, visual of letting you see what customers are actually trying to solve for. So how do we do that? It all starts with full stack observability. You guys can Google away on full stack observability and you're gonna have many different definitions of it. And I like to tell you what I believe and this is my number one concept. Common language plus common knowledge equals common understanding. And I'm gonna talk to you guys of where Cisco's going with full stack observability. And I thought it was interesting, I didn't even plan this. Jeff hit on some things and he kind of said, yep, at the end of the day, you better solve for the business. <laughs> Everything you do is for the business. The cloud, at the end of the day, is for the business. And who is it representing? The end user. So every business unit has end users. And they expect a flawless user experience every doggone time. Not some of the time. They want Facebook response time. That's what they want. In everything that, do, that they do, they could be sitting in a coffee shop, at the airport, on the train, wherever it may be, that's what they're doing. And they're accessing what? An application. And that application, right, 
is where a lot of people see APM sits today. So who's familiar with AppDynamics in the room? Anybody? Because I want to give a little infomercial on it, right? APM, right? It's an industry practice. This is where everybody sees APM sitting today, is application. I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. But this is where everybody sees it. And then the application does what? It sits on infrastructure. And I think you guys know that already. The only difference is now, you better make sure it does the exact same thing when you go to the cloud. This digital transformation cannot slow you down. Who remembers the history of the F5 appliance? Remember how cool it is? This was an advanced technology, right? I like to say the cloud is kind of an advancement of another F5 opportunity. Right? Everything's going to be behind something. I better have as many as I want, spin them up whenever I need them, and I should be okay. Right? And then that infrastructure sits on what? It sits on a network. And then I think I didn't even plan this, right? Because John started talking about the internet. I'll never forget, I had my, my lead director over, uh, over the knock um, at Allstate. He was like, Keith, we don't monitor the internet. You freaking better. Because the customer no longer cares. And so how do you do that? So the internet has to be included. You're not excused to say, oh, you know what? We can't see that, and so we're going to contact our vendor for that. How do, you, how do you bridge that gap? And then when you got it all figured out, you just kind of heard John talk about, keep us out of the doggone news. But when I say security, I'm going to get nowhere near the detail that John went into. All I'm going to talk about is security from an application lens only. And so at the end of the day, that's what full stack observability is. And as I shared that with you all, all I gave you was the visibility piece. Right? That's all I did. So if you caught that last slide where it said visibility, insights, and action, the visibility piece is just one portion because now you have a new problem. How do I take all of that information, that data, and bring insights to it? And so within AppDynamics, there's this AI ML engine that cuts to the chase to give you what the thing is that you're caring about. And we're going to be hitting on three big things today. We're going to be talking about the application and the end user from a performance management perspective. We're going to talk about capacity management. And then we're going to talk about security. And then you're going to see with those insights, I have to prevent and mitigate alert fatigue. Otherwise, I don't want to auto-cut a ticket. Otherwise, I don't want to auto-notify somebody. And so everything now I'm going to be talking to you about, as my other things click up here, you guys don't want to see that, all right? Bear with me here. Why did that jump up there? All right. And that's what we're going to be talking about now, right? So what is it all? So the observability platform, if you could give me some grace here, I just want to talk you through. Uh, I told you, right when I started with App Dynamics, I get this phone call and they tell me Cisco's buying you. Keith, will you be okay working for a large organization? And I kind of laughed. I go, yeah, I was at Allstate. I think I kind of know what big is. We're going to be fine. And so Cisco acquires AppDynamics, and I'm going, why the heck did they buy us? They're going to turn into this software organization. They're going to transform part of their business to be a software. You guys know that, right? If not, you now know that's what Cisco's doing. And so we have landed now five years later as Cisco continues to invest in this platform is that it's all about the end user. And you have to be able to show SLA reports, customer experience metrics, and you better show them not just business impact, 
real-time business impact. And how do you do that? It starts with the application. App Dynamics was that solution. It was, APM was 80 to 90% of what we did as a company. And now I would tell you, mm, it's only 60 to 70% of what we do. And I see it becoming less, because you see that, bot that bottom piece? I mean, Jeff and John both hit on, you better integrate with everything else you have within your environment. You better make things friendly. You better not make me try to go, they don't work together. You have to work within the ecosystem. And so what did we do when I first started? They, our customers told us, you better correlate the application to the infrastructure. Well, okay, great. We created this thing called a server viz agent. And the server viz agent would be able to show you that is CPU where it needs to be. Do I have the right amount of services I need? Do I have the right amount of capacity? Can I follow wherever this thing may be? Um, can I see the amount of errors I have? Is it a router hub switch? Oh, we don't do network. Oh, you better make sure you do a network too. So we came up with a net viz agent. And that gave us the network component, but only on the intranet, right? Only on the intranet. And so we realized this infrastructure piece has to be part of the grand plan. And then Jeff so graciously talked to us about everything's going to the cloud, and then you better make sure whatever you're doing, you better keep on doing this stuff. And five nines, are you guys familiar with five nines? Think the business cares about five nines? They tell us you're as good as your next outage. And they don't want to celebrate anything. All they want to make sure are we strategically positioned to monitor on behalf of the end user where you need to be. And when you move it to the doggone cloud, those same requirements and expectations I had in the legacy environment don't make me go backwards. And then I better do this security thing. Keep me out of the doggone news. How do I make sure I can protect the brand of the organization that my board, my CTO, my CIO, my CISO are happy to know that we are protecting the customer's data. And when I talk about it, it is strictly from the realm of within the application. And now I get to, you see these top things build up top here. You guys kind of heard me hitting on all this stuff, but really this is the go-to-market strategy. So what's Thousand Eyes? Have you guys heard of Thousand Eyes? Anyone? We acquired them in August of 2020. Why? Because remember I was telling you about we only did the intranet. We only made it up to the end of the data center of the business transaction within the application that when it left the data center, I could only see up to that point and I could only show you response time. Um, someone said something earlier that just made me think of a quick story. Uh, people started buying SaaS solutions. So my company was a ServiceNow organization and it was one of our first time we put our solution off to the cloud. And all of a sudden, tickets weren't able to be cut. And we couldn't freaking figure out who the problem was. Was it us or was it them? And that's when my lovely knock leader told me, Keith, we don't monitor the internet. I go, well, all of a sudden, we can't open a doggone ticket. We're in trouble. And then you get into this DR type stuff and everything else. And I'm just trying to say, hey, Thousand Eyes now allows us to see the doggone internet. I would love to have had it then. It also shows you BGP protocols. It lets you see if it's an ISP provider issue. Is it a geographical issue? Sometimes you think these ISP providers are doing their thing. You look at where your business transaction or your application's making a call, it's being routed through Singapore. And you're sitting in the States, and you're going, why are we going this way? Because they put in a bad protocol on the ISP side of the house. 
And we just blindly trust all of them, don't we? How do you see it? And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. This next piece is InterSight uh, Workload Optimizer. You see it down here. It's this little brain here. Um, this one's an interesting story, right? Uh, we've been integrated. It's turbonomics behind the scene. Cisco loves acronyms, so we started with CWAM was the first thing it was called. Then we renamed it to IWO, which was InterSight Workload Optimizer. And now we've landed the plane for the next thing. It's called InterSight. What is it? Hardware capacity management is critical. Jeff made a statement, I kind of grinned. He said, you pay by the spend, by, the, by how you bring up your microservices and containers. And now our customers, your customers, have a different problem. As they move to the cloud, how do you manage that spend? Because if I spin up a microservice and container, I'm paying for it. And if they're not using it, I'm still paying for it. So I got to spin those doggone things back down. How do you do that? How do I make sure on, on Monday I have a lot of capacity, Wednesday I want it to die down a bit, Friday I want it to go back up again? How do I keep track with all that? We now realize we had to integrate the application into workload optimization to have them work together. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that. Um, the last piece in the bottom left square is, uh, is the um, Secure app solution. We came out with that in March of 2021. This sits within the runtime of the code of the application. We reference Log4j here. All of our customers that had Secure app were able to see Log4j in immediate time and be able to stop the call of the vulnerability. But here's the key piece. Leave the application up without having to shut it down. There's not a CISO I know who would have loved to have not had impact to the end user community if I could have just blocked the doggone call. And that's what that does at a high level. Now you're probably saying, why the heck is ServiceNow up there? I don't want that to be mistaken with any other ticketing system, but it's really just to give you an example of what every customer we have has a service management discipline. So that could be Surewell, I don't know what you're using. It could be HPSM, it could be BM BMC Remedy, uh, it could be Jira, I don't care what it is. The key is, however you're managing incident, problem, change, release, you better have something that integrates and makes that easier for you so that your user community does not feel like you're slowing them down. Okay? So this is one of the big things I wanted to make sure you guys understand. This is how we go to market. This is how everything I'm going to be talking to you about is so that you can actually do something like this. Um, this is the enterprise monitoring maturity model. Why did we come up with this? I was with the company for six months. And after about, I went to about our 27th customer, everybody told me they wanted to be proactive. Now, what does proactive mean? Get back to common language. <laughs> common language plus common knowledge equals common understanding. We had to define it for them. And if you're a customer out there, I know what you're already doing already. You are self-assessing where you're at. Where am I? Am I 1.5? Am I 2.2? Am I a 3? Am I 3.1? Well, you know, Keith, it depends on what type of application it is, and it depends how critical it is. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is get to level 4, and is it feasible? And so as customers told me they wanted to become proactive, there's a discipline to get there. The key is don't bring in process paralysis, but try to have a solution that helps you methodically get there. 
And so the gold boxes up here shows you how with the acquisition of Thousand Eyes made our maturity model richer and deeper and thicker on the network side because we were missing that. The blue boxes show you, hey, as I go into the cloud, am I doing the right thing? Um, case in point, um, the cloud thing. I, I love telling stories as I go. Um, there's a big customer of ours called MetLife. You guys may have heard of them. Um, and I was getting ready to talk to their CTO. And the guys had told me that we were saving them $900,000 a month in their cloud spend. Now, mind you, I am not going to tell this CIO we're saving them $900,000 a month if it is not true because I'm going to look pretty stupid and a knucklehead. I said, guys, are you sure? Yes, Keith, we're sure. So we get into the meeting, and it gets to the part of my presentation where I'm supposed to tell him we're saving him $900,000 a month. And I'm like, my hands are clammy and sweaty, and, and I go, and I hear we're saving you guys on $900,000 a month. He goes, that sounds low. Oh, my goodness, you mean it's worse than that? They were spinning up so many microservices and containers, they didn't even have an idea that after they collected all their spend across all their business units, that was their new problem. And I share that because that was level three, level four type stuff, and it was all through the integration of the application into workload optimization that allowed them to do that. And so everything I'm gonna talk to you guys about now is how we move customers from level two to level three, to level four. And if we're not moving you here, why are we doing it? And hopefully that doesn't happen, all right? So this is just to kind of let you guys see a visual. I'm gonna go past this because you could have this slide later, but it's just letting you know that siloed monitoring is not the way of the future. You have to wrap your minds around full stack observability so that you can get not just monitoring, you get observability as well, and you get those recommendations for your business units in order to see what business context is at any really point in time. This is where it's easier to talk to you guys today because my boss isn't here. I have only one AppD affiliate here with me, which means I could get really risky because I'm taking my Cisco AppD head off, and now I'm going to tell you guys what I wish they would have told me when I was sitting in the customer seat. You guys familiar with this? An end user that's unhappy. What does that mean? My CTO told me that's a blown monitoring opportunity. Whenever the customer finds something before you do, you have dropped the ball. And so what do they do? They call into that lovely help desk who just answers all their questions, and it goes on, and it kind of ends right there. You guys know I'm lying, right? So what happens? They open up that lovely ticket, and they route it to where? An info or an app support team. And that infra app support team usually has a certain amount of time to fix it, right? Because what you're trying not to have happen is this lovely scenario, a war room bridge. You guys familiar with it? Raise your hand, nod your heads. I see people smiling, giggling, right? Some people call it P1. Some people call it crit sit. Some people call it the situation room. I heard for the first time last week in Utah that they called it the fighter bridge. I never heard of that in my life. I said, okay, that's what you call it. All hands on deck. You guys see it here, right? It's all happening. I have AppSMEs getting on the call, network guys getting on the call, DBAs, OS guys. And now, with today's conversation, I have cloud guys getting on the call. And they're all getting on the call with one purpose. Meantime, the innocence. It is not me. Stop blaming the doggone network. We know it's not the database. You guys always want to blame the database. And everybody's doing this, right? 
and all your CTO is saying is, guys, fix the doggone problem. We got to restore service on behalf of the end user. And then you got this other piece over here. I kind of left this out. You see the little management thing here? This is why I say I could have a lot of fun with today's conversation. These are those guys who get on the call and they don't ask anything freaking technical. They just want to know what impact is. They want to know, are they sending employees home? What type of communication do they need to send out to the user community around what's happening? And they have a right to that call and that data as much as everybody else does. And I share all this with you because now I have this problem management team. We call them tiger teams, SWAT teams, whatever they may be. These are the folks who, what do I do to prevent this incident from occurring again? And not once have you heard me say APM. Because I thought, as a, as a customer who was listening to them talk to me, this is about the development community. Those doggone developers cause all my issues. And I was happy as the leader over all of infrastructure that I'm finally going to bring transparency that when my network guys say it's not the network, we're going to point our freaking fingers at the application guys. And I'm going to be able to see their stuff. And now I'm going to give them a tool because I know more than them. I'm going to give them a tool that makes them fix their code in lower environments before I move it into production. And then if you do move it into production, don't give me all this stuff that you're going to fail fast and you could, because you're still going to wake me up. You're going to wake my team up. We're going to have to get all this. I'm going to take all my level three engineers and we're going to have to figure out what's going on. And this is where my head was at. And so hopefully now I'm going to share with you guys how full stack observability solves for this whole thing. And it starts with a term called anomaly monitoring. I'm sure you guys were reading the maturity model really closely, right? But level three requires anomaly monitoring. And for the sake of me not insulting your intelligence, I will share with you what it means in my lens. You have to shift your culture to get away from static alerts. That is a thing of the past. Static is for high and low thresholds only. Keith, why do you say that? Um, sitting in the war rooms at Allstate. Everybody gets on a call, call my Windows guys. They tell me, Keith, CPU is 67%. We're all good. Why is that? Because if you're an infrastructure guy, you know 80% CPU is warning and 90% is critical. And I'm seeing some of you smile at me because that's what everybody freaking does. And so they would be, think they're off the hook. But what they wouldn't tell me is what if CPU was 18% on Friday? And new code went in on Saturday. And on Monday, I'm at 67%. Why wouldn't I have gotten my alert at 47%? Which would have been, if I've baselined everything at 18, 47 could be two deviations from norm. I could have cut an alert that now I could take action to be level three because I have the right insights. You'll keep on hearing me talk about the business transaction within the application. Are you guys familiar with business transactions? Anybody? Because if not, it's very, the key, the easiest way, I'm a simple guy, everyone, all right? As we get to hang out for the rest of the afternoon, I'm a simple guy. BTs to me, if you're, if you're an infrastructure guy, you know what processes and services on a box are, right? Do you monitor all 100, 1,000 processes, services on a server? If you're a SCOM shop, you're gonna say, nope, Keith, only 25 matter. BTs within an application are the same freaking thing. 
You're going to have hundreds to thousands of them, but there's only a few that matter with your KPIs. You have to capture those. And if I could do all that, that means now I could baseline the behavior of the end user at any given point in time so that now when I generate an alert, I could, I could minimize alert fatigue and I could auto cut a ticket. And this is a service now one, just give it down. But here's the key difference. You see this little circle right here? That is not an error code. That is a link. And I shared this for one reason. A 501 error is interpreted by different stack leaders differently based upon the monitoring tool that they have. And so what does culture say? If I have a 501 error and I see a ticket, I'm opening up my monitoring thing and I'm going to see what it is. The DB guys are going to open up and see what it is. Windows guys are open up and they're going to see what it is. And at the end of the day, you want them all to click on a link so that you could all begin triage in the exact same place. This is a real-time Visio diagram, I like to call it. The business transactions are now automatically being discovered, and I can build out what that application is doing in real time at any given point in time. For the sake of today's conversation around the cloud, if I spin up a microservice or a container, I should see it every freaking time it pops up. And if I have too many up, I should be going, why do I have so many? And I can spin them right back down. And now you start thinking about all the full stack observability. I finally have a real-time Visio diagram because when developers give infrastructure diagrams, we know they are outdated by the end of the day. And so how cool would it be? Now you see this little cloud right here? This is a business transaction leaving the data center. This could be a third-party provider. This could be that ServiceNow example of the cloud I gave you. This could be a, a credit check. This could be Equifax, TransUnion, whatever you're going with that transaction. And we couldn't solve for it all, so we brought in Thousand Eyes now so that now I can see everything happening on the internet. I could see BGP protocols. I could see SaaS apps. We're tightly integrated uh, into Salesforce, into um, Office 365, and different things like that. Thousand Eyes does that for you so that you can see what's going on. And now I can actually tell the people what's going on within the internet. True story. Um, you guys are familiar with WebEx? All right. That's, I have to talk about it, right? I thought it was funny. January 2021, we had a major outage on the East Coast. WebEx is down. Phones start ringing. WebEx is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. We open up Thousand Eyes. We find within 10 minutes... It was an East Coast Verizon issue. And this is not for me to knock Verizon because these things just happen. The cool thing was we were able to quickly see West Coast was okay. South was okay. Central was okay. Southeast was okay. Our issue was isolated geographically to the East Coast. And if you were AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, or whatever other provider, you were just fine. You know how long that used to take us to fix in the past? and how many people we had to get on a call? How cool would it be for you to see now how Thousand Eyes is adding value in an immediate fashion so you could differentiate in under 10 minutes, is it the application, is it the infrastructure, or is it the internet? And we were able to tell it was an ISP provider. I continue on. This is, I call it the perpetrator versus victim view. Through the AIML engine of AppDynamics, there's a way of being able to tell. You see those four, uh, there's like these four circles here. They're all red, right? But if I lose a router hub switch, what happens to the other things behind it? 
They're not reachable. So now how many tickets do I cut? One, two, three, four, five. What if I told you we could quickly tell you we know it's number one from our AIML engine, so that visibility insights piece to take the right action? And then what if I told you, hmm, I'm on that bridge call. Is there a database hanging off of that thing? No. Why am I bringing database people to the war room? There's only one reason why. I don't freaking know. So I bring them on to just save face. Everybody has to get on. So what if I told you, if there's not a database here, leave them alone. And if there's not a Unix box here, leave them alone. Right? I now get to be surgical and precisive with who I want to bring onto that bridge. Make sense? All right. Now we get into application mode. Where am I trying to go with all this? Remember I told you guys that whole standardized, centralized, simplify, right? And I'm going to do all that. This is now what you can do with all the alerts. The top part are people who have service management. Sometimes there are many applications that make up a service. Sometimes it's just the application itself. You could centralize this however you want it to be. And you're going to say, oh, wow, Keith, I've seen dashboards like this. But how cool would it be for you to know? Are things healthy? Or you could be like I used to be when I walked around Allstate. If my phone doesn't buzz, things must be okay. Anybody can relate to that? Versus, hmm, I could look across and my team used to hate that if I saw something yellow or red, I wanted an explanation. Or don't make it go yellow or red. And so it, now this is not just any old dashboard, it's an interactive dashboard. I can click on it. So this is a real life customer here now to kind of give you a feel. Exelon, big utility company. They have six major utility providers. They wanted to be able to see each provider on their own because each of these have six different CIOs. And you'd, CIOs don't compete with one another, right? Of course they do. So they want to say, when my stuff's yellow, green, red, I want to know, and we're going to tighten up our ship. And so this is what Exelon's doing as a big customer of ours on the East Coast. This is kind of like one of the guys gave me, hey, Keith, make sure you show them that we can monitor Blizzard-type things, too. So this is where my young guys are starting to talk to me. So instead of me looking like the old guy that I am, they're letting me know that, hey, Keith, please let the young guys know we're really advanced with how we're doing these things. All to the point to where now I can get to what's called an infrastructure versus application view. Everybody knows when you generate an alert, you want to make sure, is it important or not? How do I differentiate a P1 from a P2 from a P3 from a P4? What if I told you if all those business transactions we were talking about, if I can monitor the critical ones, I know when they go bad, it impacts an application. And I could affiliate and correlate all the different infrastructure components that are affiliated to the health of that application. There's so much redundancy in your environment. If you lose a router hub switch, or if now in the case of cloud, um, if it doesn't impact the end user, do you care? Is it an all hands on deck exercise? How do I do that? And this kind of shows you that now, and you could ingest data from logs and all those other things into these lower layers that now you have a holistic view of everything it takes to make sure your end user's happy. So what can that look like? When I click on those things, this is that dynamic flow map, and it kind of shows you everything that you, we can see at any given point in time that this thing gets built literally in seconds. When the agents turn on, this takes all of about one minute, two minutes for you to see the health of the entire application. 
to the point now I get into the thousand eyes integration, right? Now, if I see all that, can I have a geographical view of what's going on? Everybody's familiar with synthetics in the room. Usually synthetics are mimicking what an end user is doing, but can it traverse the internet? And Thousand Eyes kind of now shows you that I can even do synthetics over here that takes the internet into account. There's not a whole lot I'm missing anymore. They can do it all on behalf of that. And so I like sharing this view because this is where we're going as we acquire these organizations. People are saying, please don't keep them separate. And that's what we're trying to do is integrate them so you see how they come together. This is finally where all of FSO is going. This shows you that I could take within those business transactions, there's this thing called a data model that we have as well. And here's your secure app for vulnerabilities of the application. This is building out a customer journey. This is that geographical I view, showed you. And this is Intersight kind of showing you, do I have the right amount of capacity and making sure I have everything. And everything below it are things that you can do. All of this is available to you based upon what you want to put your eyes on. Right, because your knock guys are going to say, please don't show us this inner site workload optimization stuff. And the security guys are going to say, uh, all we care about is our part. So all these things can be built up to handle the stack that it's monitoring, but it also gives that senior leader to view, is everything healthy? So I talked about that business transaction. This is U.S. Bank up in the Twin Cities. They had a problem around their mobile app. And what they were telling us was that they thought they had an authentication issue, right? It has to be security. They can't authenticate properly. And the business transactions all got bundled so that you could see what business transactions made up login, digital enrollment, so and so and so forth, right? And then they could show how much money they were losing every time the mobile app was not available. And they have literally dollar amounts on site so that they could determine whether what the priority of the incident is. This scenario is kind of cool because they quickly found out it had nothing to do with authentication. It was tax season in February and everybody was downloading their tax forms and that bad query that they had within their code compounded itself during tax season and they realized they had to fix the SQL query within the application because App Dynamics gets you into the line of code of what's causing the issue. And so now I'm just going to go through some examples of what people are doing. This is that mobile app. This is just letting you know rewards is the hottest thing that came out during COVID. My kids love telling me, Dad, you want to buy the places where you buy five sandwiches, you get the six free. The rewards app wasn't available. This thing sucks, blah, blah, blah. Guys, guys, relax. <laughs> right? This is the new problem. Panera's revenue went from... 25% to 65% on the mobile app, and their number one complaint is rewards. Crazy. App Dynamics helps you solve for all of that. This is a little tractor company you might recognize, Caterpillar. This is all their data points on their tractors because their number one pain point is when customers don't automatically do maintenance on their tractors, it costs them 10x. So now they want to be able to notify folks to bring their tractors in on time because they're catching all the analytics off of the tractor. And this sits literally in their lobby as they walk into Peoria. This is what they look at. These are not made up dashboards, you guys. All right, this is real stuff. Uh, this is, I kind of showed you this one already. I just thought you'd see it in full, full tilt. This is US Bank. Um, 
Anybody have an iPhone in this room? Sprint used to have the worst conversion rate during, when do they come out? September, right? They brought us in in June, and they said, um, we need to improve our conversion rate. And they were already a customer, and I found it kind of interesting that they had everything in digital deployed with AppDynamics. But what they forgot, remember those clouds I was showing you on that one view where I said, hey, hey, if the app, other applications it's calling doesn't have AppDynamics on it, it's just a black cloud. It looks like a black box. So then they deployed the other five, and I renamed them for the sake of making sure you guys know we always protect our customers' data, security guys, right? And what they found out was I could now automatically bundle the business transactions that made up everything that the customer does in September to buy the iPhone. And they had their highest conversion rate. They were 4.7% in the previous year. And it just goes to show you we're looking at everything end to end on behalf of the end user. You guys remember, this is a, this is a medical, because during COVID, this was another hot button. How do I make sure all my key hospitals have what they need? And so the combination of AppDynamics and following those IP addresses that all get called, they can see everything that's going on, and I could see the health of the critical customers I have and be able to drill down into them whenever I can. This is a small soda provider, right? This is SAP. Um, we're the only solution that kind of works within the SAP space that you could follow those things in within a black box and bring business context because their number one issue, I didn't realize how much money they lose when, they can't dis when a truck can't deserve a pro deliver product in an expedient fashion. So it lets you see what you can do here. This is a customer who uh, everybody knows all customers are the same, right? Right? There's those 10 customers that they will call the CIO directly. It's like the bat line. They could call in directly. And so how do I make sure when one of my platinum customers take a hit, I behave and respond quicker than if it's somebody who's just generating $18,000 an hour versus someone who's generating $152,000 an hour? I can see that all within the context of full stack observability. Remember I was telling you about the problem management teams? We are taking snapshots of your environment so that the problem management teams can go back in time and see what's going on. What do most people do when there's an issue? I got to create a sniffer trace or I got to put on a log trace analysis, right? And it's just kind of showing you that, hey, we're taking snapshots behind the scenes even if you miss the alert. Oh, I'm now migrating applications to the cloud. Did I make things better or worse? What if I told you you could tag your code? And I have Azure up there as an example. I don't care if that's a GCP or that's AWS. The key is, did I make things better or worse? How do I show that? Oh, Keith, but we're not moving things into the cloud. We're already there, great. What if I told you you could tag any release? Release one to release two, release two to release three, release three to release four, and make sure that before I introduce something in the production, I've done all the due diligence from a change management perspective. You could do all of that within the confines of the solution. And then that ends of the things around, these are all the things I wish they would have told me. I wasn't thinking of 70% of the stuff I just showed you guys. And so hopefully now you understand why I get excited about this stuff and how it starts solving for things you didn't think of. And never did I ever believe an infrastructure team would leverage APM to get to root cause before the things they're familiar with. 
I like to say it optimizes what they already have so they could get a query name for database monitoring in minutes versus hours. And the same thing with your from a database perspective, from a log perspective, all the different things kind of fall in. And so I leave you this, you stare at the screen, you're gonna get hypnotized, right? Full stack observability is your friend, all right. Now, the last piece I share here is infrastructure monitoring. You see how everything's green here? What everybody's solving for is the new problem is slow as your new down. And you kind of heard Jeff hitting on some of this stuff from an end user perspective. You have to be fast. And so the way you look at things today have to be different. This is normally a 20 minute conversation. I'm just planting a seed. You guys could contact uh, Mark and, and Todd or whatever if you want to hear more about this. But it just kind of shows you what our customers are telling us. If I can take the end user and I know an end user accesses an application and it has made up of BTs, it traverses everything you care about so that it could generate an alert so that you could auto cut a ticket. That's what it's all about and you have to be methodical with how you do it. This is how you move customers from level two to level three. And then when you're doing about that, don't leave out analytics. We wanna make sure that's part of that. A lot of folks using these things, you should be thinking that deviations from business behavior can be monitored as well. I may need to repeat myself there. Allstate expected 10,000 quote new binds on insurance every Monday, 9 to 10 a.m. Why is that? Everybody bought their cars on the weekend. And then on Thursday, our lovely business people would give us a call and say, hey, we only had 2,632 quote new binds on Monday. What was wrong with infrastructure? You think I could tell them I don't know? No, I have to take all my key guys off the floor and go figure out and make sure they know. Anybody who could relate to that? I see some people smiling going, oh gosh, you're feeling our pain. That's kind of, all these things work together so that you can deliver that too because you got to be integrated with those things. And everybody laughs, Keith, why are you not talking about the application yet? Because they're last. Set the rules and then let the app teams develop their code, thinking about everything that's happening there, and now you see how full stack observability does everything end to end. And I know I'm running out of time here, so I wanna make sure I hit on the last pieces. Remember I was telling you now we're going to the observability cloud? Um, this just kind of shows you now, we have to be thinking of cloud first. Everything Jeff said, he's absolutely right. The cloud has to be first. This is where the industry's going and we have to keep up. And so we're trying to tell you now that same view is now front and center, cloud, 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 cloud. We are rewriting the entire platform so that cloud is first and foremost. And of course, I'm gonna freeze up here for some doggone reason, there we go. All righty, so this is what the new solution's going to look like. And now what you're going to see here, and for the sake of turning, you're not going to be able to read it. Let me get past this real quick. I really want to get to here. Business context is going to be first. And then it's going to show you your end user experience, your application, and everything's going to be correlated. And it's going to show you what performance is like in real time, whether you're in a legacy or a cloud environment. How are we going to do that? We're going to do this through a concept called Melt. Has anybody heard of it? You can Google it if you'd like, M-E-L-T. In my opinion, it should be called ELTM, but that doesn't sound right because it's all about the event first, and the event comes from what? The correlation of logs, right, with traces and metrics. 
because the number one thing app developers can't do is they have all the freaking logs in the world, but they can't correlate it to the trace and the span in real time. We have Azure t telling us going, you guys are way ahead of the game. We're using their stuff better than they're using their stuff. And so I bring it up because this is what we're trying to do. Um, OTEL's the next hot thing. You kind of saw it in a couple of the slides. You have to start solving with OTEL. And we're part of that committee now. And everything we're doing is making sure we align to what industry best practices are so that you could see something that looks like this. I have to understand all the metrics. I have to know when something's occurred. I have to have all the logs and the tracing all in real time that when I navigate my cursor across the left and come down, it automatically propagates on the right dynamically. And that's what we're trying to solve for and what we're trying to do. And with that, I was going to end and say thank you very much for your time. Well, wasn't that an amazing presentation? And holy cow, what a venue. That was one of my favorite stages that I've gotten to present on. So what do you think about full stack observability? Were you aware of the fact that all of this could be done? In fact, that you could take what we think of as stodgy old monitoring and connect it directly to key business performance metrics. In other words, you could have a dashboard created that showed the flow of transactions through your key application, whether that's something that's external facing, a booking application, a shopping cart, whatever it might be or even an internal application as you work with your own employees and knowing that they're being as productive and efficient as possible. Well, with, with App Dynamics, you can directly connect your application's functionality directly to those key performance measures. Now, of course, all this comes out of the box. You've got some tuning to do to create those dashboards, but you know that's the fun part and how you adjust that over time. Well, I'd be curious to know what you thought about this and how much you learned through the course of this presentation on full stack observability. You can make comments down below if you're watching us over on the YouTube. If you're not, well, you know, maybe if you're on the audio, go over there and join the conversation that's going on on this, um, this, this episode over at Rackspace's YouTube channel. All right, folks, hopefully this has been super educational. I want to remind you that every Tuesday morning at 8.30 Central Time, we are live with a Cloud Talk Live with an amazing guest. If, if, you're, uh, if you're watching this in the summer of 2022, you know we're in the middle of our, our, our summer road trip series where we are out interviewing amazing different cloud professionals from literally all around the world and listening and learning how the cloud is impacting those regions in unique, common, and separate different ways. It's a great conversation, so make sure you join those. All right, everybody, have an amazing day, and hopefully I'll see you Tuesday morning. I'm Jeff Deverter for Cloud Talk Live here at Rackspace Technology.